All right. We're live on Wow Narrow Talk. Uh, <laughs> tonight we have a very special guest. It's uh, John Murphy. Uh, he, I believe, is the lead developer of Wow Narrow. Um, I, I have seen uh, Wow Narrow tweeted, and uh, it's often um, brought up on Reddit. I will be honest, I know little about it, which is why I wanted to do the show. Oh, I should give a shout out to uh, Rotten Wheel, I believe his name is, on Twitter. He had uh, reached out to me requesting that we put this show together. It's ro at Rotten Wheel on Twitter. Um, he's, uh, I guess, an avid Wow Narrow fan. Um, but I think there is something interesting here. I think... Uh, if I'm if I'm correct, and I'm sure we'll learn about it, uh, while Narrow seems to be kind of on the the bleeding edge of Monero Tech, uh, I don't want to call it uh, a test net, but I believe they're they're testing uh, a lot of the technologies that we uh, that we try to implement in Monero. But I'm sure we'll hear the details. So, uh, John, the floor is yours. If you want to introduce yourself, and um, what is Wow Narrow? Sure. Thanks for having me on, Doug. And yeah, thanks to uh, Rotten Wheel for hounding guys, I guess, <laughs> until you agreed to bring me on. Um, so while Narrow started as a basically just kind of a joke, um, it was the lead up to the fork on Monero, the upgrade about a year ago now, um, when there was a lot of uh, kind of pre-announcement discussion of this various forks. There was like Monero Original, Monero Classic, which I think ended up being the same thing. And then there was another fork called Monero V. Um, and their whole kind of value proposition was that they were going to... Sorry. <laughs> um, they were going to increase the number of coins by 10 times by essentially just moving the decimal place. Watch some videos or something, or go read some books. I can't help you. I can't help you right now. I can't help you. Sorry. Mallory, go, 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 go. <laughs> there is technical difficulties upstairs that I can't assist with at the moment. Um, so yeah, the Monero V people were like, gonna fork off from Monero, uh, a blockchain fork. And when they did that, they were going to take like seven or 8% of the total supply of coins. And they seem to be like gaining some momentum, but the whole kind of thing was absurd. And so leading up to that, there was also this wow narrow meme uh, that was popular for like two days. Uh, and the website Local Monero kind of changed their branding to Local Wow Monero, and it, it was short-lived. So it, it kind of started at, it was originally kind of making fun of Monero V, is that? Yes, exactly. That so, okay. But the difference between Monero V and Wow Monero was that Wow Monero launched with its own blockchains because there were some concerns about privacy degradation due to um, transaction outputs being used with different ring members on the diverging forks. Right. If you were if you were uh, going to claim your Monero V, there was a risk that you would be kind of revealing, uh, leaking some of the privacy of, of, of your own Monero coins, I guess, ex yeah. exposing the decoys potentially. Yeah. And so I'm not a programmer. I, I wouldn't call myself the lead developer at all. I would say that I'm kind of the creator and maintainer of the project at this point. Um, but I kind of just as an experiment, kind of as a joke to see if I could do it, um, get it off the ground. I forked the Monero code and, you know, figured out how to set up an explorer and a pool so that everything was ready to go when we launched. And it launched on April 1st, uh, ahead of the fork and ahead of Monero V. We kind of beat the 10X without the pre-mine or the privacy implications. 
and it was fairly popular. <laughs> and there was kind of people that came out of the woodwork who were interested in it. Um, primarily, uh, the I would say the lead developer is probably this guy, Wario, who is anonymous. Um, honestly, I have no idea who he is. <laughs> He's apparently a real person because I think some people met him at DEF CON last year. Um, so he's been around for at least a little while, but he does the majority of the, I mean, it's primarily kind of maintenance code, bringing stuff in from Monero or bring stuff in from like upstream or forks. Um, and there's a few other folks who have kind of taken an interest in it. Um, so what it's kind of what, what is the mission of Wow Narrow? So it's kind of started as this meme coin um, where they were, I guess, making fun of Monero V and saying, "Well, if you're going to do it, let's do it the right way." Um, but what is what is kind of the ultimate mission of Wow Narrow? Is it actually trying to be a real coin? Is it um, trying to compete in the space, or what's it what's its purpose? Now. <laughs> like, what's that? I don't know that it has a vision, but it, it exists and it's kind of taken a life of its own. Um, it's I, I guess the main mission is to produce memes and <laughs> coins, meme coins. Um, and it's kind of like the doge of crypto note at this point, I think. Um, but I, I, I don't know that it has a real mission in life. It's like, I mean, it exists and it trades and people mine it and and there's development work that happens on it. Um, but I don't know where where it's going in the future. <laughs> so a, am I correct in that it is working on some kind of, you know, tech that, you know, Monero hopes to implement that it's trying to maybe implement first, uh, like multi-sig things, I think I've heard and some other. Is that yeah, I mean, when, when it launched, um, it launched using the original bullet version of um, Bulletproofs. They're kind of like, that was implemented on that hard fork um, coming up. Um, and so it activated from block zero on Wow Narrow. Um, so we had like the first live net implementation of Bulletproofs, I think. Which kind of ended up being a pain in the ass because it was like Monero subsequently, they had only activated it on testnet at that point. And before the actual fork, they ended up changing the implementation. So then I think back in September, October, we had to figure out how to keep the old version for all of the blocks up to that point and then fork and use Monero's new, more efficient version of uh, Bulletproofs. And yeah, there is a guy, Renee Bruner, uh, Brunner 7 who developed a, uh, I would forget the name of the program that he uses, but yeah, it's a multi-signature communication kind of, um, side channel that he uses over BitMessage. He uses a, a Python implementation of BitMessage, which is like this old chat email. I think it's, it's essentially like an email program that started maybe in 2011 and nobody really uses it as far as I know. Um, it's supposed to be like decentralized email where you have to do proof of work to send emails and there's like a quasi-blockchain that only lasts for two or three days um, before things are deleted. So if you want to receive email, you have to kind of be online all the time. And he had developed a, you know, implementation of the Monero wallet that would talk to this bit message protocol and because you actually have to send a bunch of messages back and forth to generate a Monero multi-signature wallet. And so that developed this way that the messages would be relayed back and forth between the two parties over BitMessage. And he wanted to implement it in Monero. Um, and I think some of the folks there were a bit skeptical. And so we were happy to let him implement it on WowNero. Um, 
I'm not sure if it ever got merged into the Monero code. Um, hmm. I don't use multi-signature wallets. <laughs> okay. So is it is it successful um, on Wildnero? Is it being used? Is it as far as I know, I mean it was it was fairly extensively tested, um, but I don't know that it's being used for I mean I'm not sure that the value of all of the coins on the network combined is really worth even putting into a multi-signature wallet. <laughs> so uh i think i looked earlier and i think the market cap of all of the coins is like one hundred and fifty thousand, maybe so oh, wow. it's a okay. very very small market cap point at this point okay is it where is it is it traded on like obviously it's got to be traded somewhere for it to have a value where is it, where could yeah, it even yeah, it's have? primarily traded on this exchange called trade ogre which is okay. like sounds very trustworthy <laughs> They've been around for, okay. uh, I guess, at least maybe 18 months or two years. And okay. they list, I think they started out as kind of, uh, so there's no KYC. You can just sign up with an email address. They don't want any of your documents. Um, and they're primarily focused on smaller crypto node coins, I would say. So there's all really? kinds of weird stuff on there. Um, and it's traded on a couple other exchanges, but that is the primary one, I think. Mm. So would you say Wow Narrow is the most successful kind of uh, fork coin of Monero versus of these, you know, Monero V, uh, Monero Original, which I don't even know of if anything ever happened. Of the came out of that kind of two or three month span, yes, I think okay. we're, we're definitely successful at this and most so because it really doesn't compete or hurt monero in any way it's just kind of a fun project on the side that that's that's using uh, monero's tech is that fair to say yeah i think so so yeah i mean the other thing that we're interested in um implementing possibly is this new proof of algorithm that is developed by this guy, Tevador, primarily, I think now, which is this random, it started as random JavaScript and now it's random X. Um, so that's something we would definitely be interested in adding. Um, Monero, uh, wow Narrow has also been kind of affected by the same ASICs as uh, Monero has recently, because we're using the same proof of work algorithm. So. You guys, uh, going your, forward, your hash rate has has spiked up as well. Yes, yeah, it's gone like maybe up two or three times, um, hmm. and it's like you know the body will jump on and mine a whole bunch of blocks, and then there won't be any blocks for like several hours. Um, so it definitely seems kind of. When do you guys think you'd be adding that? Uh... That upgraded proof of work, the uh, the random X, or I, I don't know what's called now. Yeah, it was random JS, right? And now I think it's random X now. Um, I think it's getting close to being kind of production ready. So Wowner is actually about to hard fork in the next couple of days to update its proof of work algorithm, um, as well as a few other things. Um, are you guys like kind of on the on the same six month schedule of trying to upgrade? Yeah, yeah, more? we're basically forced to follow Monero pretty much uh, to stay up to date, and I we generally fork a month or so ahead of them, uh, just because they kind of finalize things earlier than us. We only need three days or seven days to put stuff out. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that's that's definitely one thing that we would be interested in adding um, and testing out ahead of Monero because um, I think it'll probably take them another year before they're ready to to activate that. I mean that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no. So that that sounds like a positive, right? Because now it's kind of a, a real world test case here. I mean, I don't know how much of a test it is given the amount of people actually using wow narrow uh but definitely uh a positive um so do, are you active in the monero community as well is that did you come from the monero community or are you uh yeah so i i a wow um, narrow maximalist 
No. <laughs> I'm becoming more and more of a Bitcoin maximalist in my old age, I would say. Um, but yeah, I, I started mining Monero uh, probably in May of 2014. So I've kind of been around since the beginning. Um, and I, I wrote, like I said, I'm not a programmer, but I did write some of the very first uh, GUIs, that was like a major issue when Monero started was everybody had to use this command line interface and there was much bitching and moon. <laughs> so I think I actually got uh, like a some kind of like bounty for writing one of the first GUIs back in the day. It was like 200 Monero or something maybe. Back when it was like 80 cents in Monero, you know. Um, so yeah, I've been around for a long time and I didn't, I mean, I didn't really expect the whole Wild Monero thing to last. I'm kind of shocked that it's going to probably see its first birthday here in, uh, in the next couple of months. Um, one of the other, or I guess two of the other kind of contributions to the wider crypto note community that I think Wanero has made have been by um, this guy DSC or XMR DSC, who I know who he is in real life, but I don't know if he wants me to tell him who he is in real life, but he's the, um, he's like the primary uh, Monero GUI developer for like the, the official Monero GUI. And he has contributed um, the design, and he's mostly operating uh, this forum funding system. So, you know, Monero has this forum funding system where people can propose projects and then raise funds for it. So he developed an open source version of that for Wownero, which I think is at funding.wownero.com. Um, and that has been picked up by at least two other projects, I think. Um, Aeon is one who kind of borrowed his code. <laughs> and there's another one too, I think. And he's also developed this Light Wallet, which is maybe at light.wildnera.com or lightwallet.wildnera.com, but it's a really, I wrote two Light Wallets and they were, I mean, it's it's essentially just a, a wrapper for the command line wallet, uh, sends commands and receives stuff, but mine were really terrible, and this one is really awesome. So if you haven't checked out the, the Wild Narrow Light Wallet, I don't use it because I don't use any GUI wallets, but and but I, I would say it's, it's got to be at least a little bit better than the official Monero GUI wallet, I think. Okay, so why why should should people in the Monero community uh, care about Wanero? Should we? Uh, Probably should... not. <laughs> <laughs> I like the honesty. Um, I mean, it's a, just a kind of fun project. I I think you know, um, especially kind of last year in two thousand seventeen, everything was like so serious and. Even now, I mean, in the whole space, it's like, you know, everybody's worried about when is there going to be an ETF and and our privacy currency is going to get kicked off of regulated exchanges and like just kind of, of you know, diversion. What's, what, what's your take on the space? So you said you've become maybe more of a Bitcoin maximalist in your older years. Um, how do you look at the whole space? Are you, do you think it's a winner take all space? Do you think, uh, there'll be a few coins? Is it about the one that becomes digital cash? Um, that's a tough question. I think, uh, I, at least for the next five or 10 years, there's going to be multiple competing coins. Um, and I don't think you know, everybody's going to die. I do think there's going to be some consolidation, which there has been over the past year. I think that's going to continue. Um, but I think um, 
I think Bitcoin's really cemented its place as money in the space. Um, I think, you know, Ethereum is trying to do something a little bit different there. And I know that Monero kind of likes to pitch itself as, you know, digital cash, or you can't have, you can't have sound money without privacy or fungibility, right? That's a essential aspect that, that, you know, people in the Monero community like to, you know, advertise. Um, but just, I think it's hard to grow and kind of mature into that role uh, with these, you know, six month upgrade schedules where things are being changed, you know, twice a year, it doesn't really sound like a lot, but you know, for people who are gonna try and store significant, you know, sums of value, I think it's a little hard to see how Monero can continue to grow without um, solidifying at least, you know, a big part of the protocol so that there's not gonna be further change. And, you know, Bitcoin is really the exemplary, you know, nobody changes less than Bitcoin in the whole cryptocurrency space, right? So that's uh, kind of how I came about to the maximalism view. So you think that's that's more essential than it becoming perfect money first, right? Because so I mean the well, fact the I fact, mean, that, the that fact that Bitcoin <laughs> well I mean the fact that Bitcoin uh, maybe is you know like you said it's 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 more certainly more cemented. Uh, there's you know there's I guess arguments as to why that's uh, certainly beneficial. Um, but you you think it's okay that it it hasn't adopted fungibility or that it may not ever be able to? Um, I think this point that doesn't seem to be limiting its you know dominant position in relation to other cryptocurrencies. I think Ethereum is kind of worse from the fungibility standpoint, and it doesn't and probably ripple even worse than both of them. So, I mean, the top three is kind of doesn't seem to be damaging them too much at this point. And I mean, there's ways that you can acquire Bitcoin fairly anonymously. And if you, you know, protect your tracks, I think you can probably maintain a fair degree of anonymity. I'm not like a privacy freak. Um, so that's maybe that's why I feel this way. Uh, I kind of got into Monero as a miner more than somebody who was very interested in the um, fungibility aspect of it. Um, I started like mining Dogecoin and then I kind of moved to Vertcoin and and Fluffy Pony actually invited me to come check out Monero on IRC. And it was like, I had CPUs and GPUs. So it was like the perfect coin when it launched. Um, but, you know, the longer I've been around, I really think for like a large market cap coin where you're kind of the leader in your field, I guess, I think changing it just changing the proof of work every six months is kind of probably not ideal like i think a year ago it may have been better to just go to um, some proof of work algorithm that could have been permanently set and live with asics on the network um, but That doesn't seem to be the the opinion of the the majority of uh, Monero users at this point. So yeah, what's so what is your your kind of your logic there? You don't think it's important that the network tries to say maintain its decentralized nature and fighting against ASICs until a certain point in time. You think it's just inevitable and it might as well just give up now. 
Pretty much, yeah. I mean, now, but so I, a new I, random X thing that you guys are, you know, that you get even so when Wild that, Arrow is adopting. Do you think that's some that's futile and it's it's not going to serve its purpose? I think it's it's more important for probably like micro or small cap coins, um, where you're trying to you know mitigate you know large GPU farms or nice hash. Um, but I think when you get to the point where there's multiple companies that are are developing ASICs for a complex proof of work algorithm, I think that's indicative that the currency is worth enough that you know there's going to be investment in the hardware. And I think it's kind of hard to say that Monero mining is more or less decentralized. I, I would say it's, it's more centralized than Bitcoin at this point um, from a couple standpoints. One is that at this moment in time, there's probably one or two entities that are 75, 80% of the network hash rate. Um, and they're just from the standpoint of like changing the proof of work, that's kind of inherently centralized, right? That the new proof of work is chosen and tested by a group of like five or 10 people. Um, so I, I, to be honest, hadn't really watched a show before <laughs> I invited on, I'm <laughs> sorry. But I did, I watched, uh, somebody recommended the Open Bazaar episode and I made it about halfway through that and then I clicked through it to your playlist and I saw that you had um, interviewed Andrew Polstra. And I watched that whole episode and I mean, he's a wizard and I didn't understand a lot of the things he was talking about. But um, he wrote a paper on proof of work that I probably came across in, I don't know, 2016 or so, 2015, 2016. And I think he makes some compelling arguments about why ASICs are inevitable and it's pointless to try and avoid them. And I mean, I think I recommend everyone to look at um, Andrew's paper, but just beyond everything he says in the paper, I mean, it's just such a mind, you know, trap. I mean, it sucks up so much energy, you know, there's people focused within the community, you know, who are interested in Monero, just solely on, you know, every six months, you have to develop a new proof of work and it's gotta be tested and you, know, you have to like, it's just a huge production. And then it also, you know, causes these huge emotional Reddit flame threads where people are fighting about GPUs versus CPUs versus E6 and takes a lot of energy, you know, to fight about beyond, you know, what's in his paper on why everyone should use AC. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the idea is that it is, I guess, eventually inevitable, perhaps, but we're just not ready to, the community isn't ready to accept it yet, with the hope of waiting to open the floodgates once, you know, you, you think the, the, it would be a more fair battleground so that it, uh, you know, you could let a, a more decentralized network blossom as opposed to letting ASICs take over at an early stage, I, I think yeah. is, is the logic there. I mean, it's not so early anymore. It's five years old. And even a year ago, there was two manufacturers making ASICs for Crypto, crypto Night, which is, you know, fairly complicated algorithm. I think if they had a fork at that point to just... Three, which is like a simple compute algorithm that's designed to be implemented in hardware. I would imagine, you know, at this point, there would be at least two, probably more ASIC textures. I mean, this is a, a, a hashing algorithm that was, I think it won the competition in 2013, but it's, there's like public designs for ASICs. Yeah, but, but can, can some, you know, can some kid in Venezuela go 
purchase one at a store and plug it in and start printing money in his in his in his house. As far I mean, as I know, there's I mean, from what I read on like our cryptocurrencies, like all kinds of Bitcoin miners in Venezuela. So I mean, if somebody's selling SHA two fifty six ASICs down there, I don't see why it would be impossible to get SHA three ASICs there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. My understanding was the, these these ASICs are very hard to get your hands on, and when you do, by the time you do, they're kind of already used up and useless, and have already been used by the insiders, as opposed to you know CPUs where it, it is a competitive landscape, um, and it's it makes it more purely opt in, uh, permissionless, where anyone anywhere with an internet connection and some electricity can become a part of the network. And start participating. Yeah, I mean that, that's you know that's. I mean, that, that's, that's a romantic the, ideal. You know, <laughs> the romantic ideal, and I think I think it's worth fighting for, and I I think that's a lot of what Monero does, right? So it's kind of fighting to be the ideal crypto and 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 sticking to those ideals, like the other uh, thing you talked about, obviously the fungibility, right? So saying that that cash should be fungible, whereas Bitcoin is, I wouldn't say has given up on that effort. But uh, they've kind of argued that maybe it's it's not as important, you know, something they'll figure out later, or maybe they never do figure it out, and that's okay because Bitcoin is good enough and it has a network effect. Whereas Monero's like, no, these are the things that that we need it to be, and that's what we should be working on. Is that that's my take on the uh, Monero versus versus Bitcoin? Yeah, I mean, I just feel like. At some point, you have to stop chasing perfection and, and live with what you are. Otherwise, you can't really grow. I mean, it's ultimately about being decentralized money. And yeah, but it is it, it it is growing, right? I mean, it's it's if you look at it's it's use useful as digital cash today, um, right? So, I mean, if you had to go use digital cash to I don't know, donate to WikiLeaks or, you know, buy something on the dark, some dark market somewhere. Uh, you can use Monero today and you probably should use Monero as opposed to one of the others if, if that's, and, and, and then that's really the only current use case for this stuff, right? So it's living up to that. Um, yeah. Because what, what else are we using it for? I mean, I guess store of value. Right. I mean, uh, that's Bitcoin's whole thing, right? Right. I guess, I mean, Monero is a little bit different, but I just think to keep growing, it necessarily implies that the network's going to keep becoming more valuable. Um, the coins are going to become more valuable. And I don't know. I mean, I just think, you know, the coins are, are for the most part out in the market now. There's like, there's the tail emission, which is one or couple percent inflation the first year but i think it's up to like 92 percent mined at this point so it's it's at this head of bitcoin in terms of its primary emission curve so i think the fairness argument is a little maybe not as important as people make it out to be in terms of being able to to collect rewards um, right because so much of the coin is already out there. Yeah. How about how about that? The uh, the emission uh, the tail emission. So in, in Wow Narrow, it's capped, correct? Oh, right. So yes, that was the other thing that Monero V pitched as like true hard money is that they were going to cap the emission at you know no tail emission. So they moved the decimal and said no tail emission. So that's Wow Narrow also has no tail emission, but it. I set the emission curve so that it's much slower than Monero's. Um, so we're almost up to a year now, only like 10% of the coins are mined. I don't think the last coin will be mined until 2070 something or 2080 something. Um, so I'll probably be dead. <laughs> so that you, the, you know, mean, there's that debate right now in Bitcoin, and obviously it's you know one of the things crypto was designed to do, which is that the tail emission allows for the coin to continue to be secured forever, right? That incentive to mine always remains. Do you have an opinion on that? I mean, there's even been talks recently 
about perhaps one day Bitcoin may have to uh, add a tail emission of some sort. I, I do think that is one thing that Monero um, has right and Bitcoin has wrong. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, maybe it'll work out for Bitcoin, even if they don't fork. Um, but yeah, it's something that makes sense. I mean, the amount of inflation that it comes with decreases over time and it's minimal to begin with. And I think, I mean, just looking at, you know, what happened with full blocks last year in terms of the fee market. And it's like, it comes and it goes. Uh, and there's, there's, I think, numerous publications about kind of analyzing what miners would do in the absence of a block reward and how in some cases, you know, there's no real incentive for them to not orphan the block before them kind of take the transactions from that block to get more of a reward for themselves. So I think that's, and I, I mean, Bitcoin, I've seen, you know, besides just adding a tail emission, they have ideas about, I think, you know, adjusting the difficulty based on the number of uh, transactions that are included in the block, um, which, um, I haven't read into that or anything too much, but I think it's more of an immediate problem for Bitcoin than people realize because, you know, you think about Bitcoin being, it, you know, the coins don't run out until 2142 or something. But with the halving every four years, you know, it gets down, uh, I guess in six months, it's gonna go to six coins. So then in, you know, eight years, 12 years, the block reward for Bitcoin will be less than a Bitcoin. Uh, right. While at the, same, point, at the same time, transactions are moving to second layers like Lightning Network. That's the idea. Yeah. But I mean. No, but I mean, right. the, it's, so losing, it's losing the incentive to yeah. mine, right? If, if all transactions are happening on the second layer. Right. Yeah. So I, I definitely think that's something that Monero does better than Bitcoin. Based on my. <laughs> I, I'm not an expert, like this is not my primary life, like a lot of people um, that you interview, I imagine. Um. <laughs> it's all right. We do, we do all types of shows here. As long as, long <laughs> as it's uh, Monero focused uh, or we somehow tie Monero into it. Um, do you have any opinion on, so that this, you know, this uh, meme that goes around about, you know, or it's kind of a fact uh, that you can't be both perfectly binding and perfectly blinding. So Monero, for example, is perfectly blinding, uh, but it's sacrificing its ability to be auditable. And you don't know if there's if there's some kind of secret uh, inflation bug that's happening. Whereas in Bitcoin, it's kind of the opposite. So you're secure in knowing that it can't be secretly inflated, but you're sacrificing the the, the blinding aspect. So you, it's it's not a, you know, it doesn't have confidential transactions. Yeah, um, like I said, I'm not a huge privacy nerd, um, but I would say that the whole recent uh, debacle with Zcash was certainly a clusterfuck. Um, <laughs> yeah. have this hidden bug that they announce 11 months afterwards and, and they, you know, cross their heart, hope to die that nobody exploited it, but you can't really tell. And they're migrating over to this new network and hopefully there's no extra coins that come across when they do that, but it's still kind of to be determined. Um, so I think that's like the extreme bad case, right? And personally, I was never interested in Zcash really just because I, I was not a fan of the whole 20% of the block rewards go to Zuko and Roger Burr and whoever else invested in the electric coin company. Um, but I, I think Monero uses, I think, a bit more... Uh, well-developed technology. However, I mean, there was a bug with 
the bulletproof implementations, I think on testnet only, that was caught before it was you know, put into production that could have allowed for coins to be created out of thin air, basically. Um, so it, it's, I mean, I think that kind of goes to the, you know, stability of Bitcoin, right? That if you're constantly changing things, especially if you're constantly changing things with, you know, the possibility to introduce these kind of bugs, that's something that makes Bitcoin maybe more attractive to certain people. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely an argument. I mean, uh, uh, I guess the hope is Monero will start to solidify as well once uh, the base structure is in there. Do you have any uh, opinion on ring signatures and um, whether or not that technology is good enough or... I mean, there's, you know, there's always talk in Monero land and how that's something we would like to improve upon, perhaps maybe eventually replace with something else. Is Wild yeah, Monero I on mean, the bleeding edge really, of, of replacing, swapping out ring signatures for something else? Yeah, I mean, it's like the pros and cons, right? I mean, the ring signatures, you know, with a enforced mix-in of Evan or whatever Monero is using now, and stealth addresses and, and confidential transactions is, you know, probably good enough privacy, um, pretty good privacy maybe. <laughs> and I, yeah, I mean, I've heard talk of, you know, in the future, maybe, you know, we would want to switch over to ZK Starks or, or whatever, you know, where you have better larger you know anonymity set for transactions and stuff but i mean that's kind of the question like is it better to keep pushing the envelope and how long is it you know how far do you go before you just keep going for and and have a, a group of people who are in charge of managing that or at some point you start to kind of leave things alone and, and make it extremely difficult to do anything so that people can have time to build more confidence in the system, you know, broadly speaking. Yeah. I feel like, you know, in Bitcoin, it just happened. Uh, it it naturally, it was a natural occurrence, right? It wasn't, I don't think so much, uh, people unanimously agreeing that Bitcoin shouldn't be changed. It's just, there were just so many, it just became so large that it became difficult to get the consensus to change. Um, so yeah. it's, it's kind of just a matter of growing pains and kind of reaching that maturity level where it becomes inevitable that it's no longer easy to pivot and change because the consensus just is no longer there. Do you think that's uh, kind of a fair way yeah, of looking at it? I mean, it was definitely uh, interesting uh, battle, I guess, from 2015 to 2017, and still kind of ongoing over the whole SegWit versus SegWit 2x and Bitcoin XT and Unlimited and all of that stuff. Um, right, with a lot at stake. Yeah, I mean, and I think that kind of, the kind of, you know, Ultimately, I think there was a bit of a, you know, send, I mean, they forced this user-activated soft fork out um, to activate SegWit, and, and that was kind of the tipping point to get it done. Um, and then I think in the future, I mean, I don't know how many more times they can do that and, and get everybody on board. You know, I think there's a couple more technologies that Bitcoin would like to implement, like the Schnorr signatures and stuff that um, Holstro was talking about. Um, and I think, you know, maybe they have one or two more chance to push through. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's kind of a, it, in my opinion, probably a net positive for Bitcoin that it's 
so difficult to get things done. Do you see any new coins coming out of this Monero upgrade? Or there's not a... I read about one called Monero Rings or something, but... <laughs> oh, really? Okay. And what? And what's the uh, strategy there or the purpose there? To make money for the people who started. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Fair enough. I don't think they have it. I, I think it's just, you know, they want to keep... It may have, you know, probably may have been put forth by the people who are you know, mining on dedicated hardware at this point. I think that was right. the case a year ago as well, right? Um, yeah. I mean, it, it does seem like uh, as Monero, you know, Monero is obviously getting larger, but it does seem like Monero does have that advantage that it, it kind of is good at keeping its commute, keeping the message in its community on point so that, you know, it kind of... Uh, brings in this consensus, right? So everybody in the Monero, I, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but there's this this theme of let's strive to be digital cash. So, you know, it, it, people are okay with, with doing what it takes to m maintain, uh, you know, a distributed mining network. They are okay with doing what it takes to make sure the coin remains fungible and private. And then, they kind of weigh the choices against those those policies, um, and it seems to be doing a good job at being cohesive in that. In that, everybody kind of is like, "Okay, will this check a check that box of making sure we 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 remain digital cash?" Yeah, I think I would largely agree that uh, the kind of technological upgrades are largely. Uh, supported. I don't think I've ever seen anybody complain about, you know, the addition of confidential transactions or bulletproofs, but there was quite a bit, I think, uh, of argument over the addition of the tail emission back in 2015 or whenever that happened. Um, that's still technological, um, but I don't see the kind of uh, kumbaya community spirit with this whole uh, proof of work discussion that's been happening over the last few weeks. Um, I would say it seems like the majority of people are in favor of this random X CPU algorithm, um, which I don't, I don't think it would be bad for Monero to adopt it. The one thing I don't really like about it is that it's it's really um, relatively difficult to uh, verify the blockchain using a shitty computer. Um, like if you have four gigabytes of RAM or less, then it becomes pretty slow. I think on the order of a hundred milliseconds per block. Um, so you know and. A couple of years when there's a million of these blocks, that can be a significant time. Um, but it just, there definitely seems to be kind of three camps forming. Um, there's been a very vocal crowd of uh, uh, GPU miners who are anti random X because I think it basically is not currently mineable uh, by GPUs. And then I think a majority are for uh, CPUs. And then I think there's at least some contingent of people who are in favor of having some kind of easily ASICable algorithm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where that goes in the future. The other thing I, I think about, like, even if Monero went to RandomX, for instance, you know, three or four years down the line, I don't think that CPU architecture is going to maybe CPUs or GPUs or other kinds of uh, custom computing devices. I think that's going to change more significantly in the next five years, probably than it has in the last 10 or 15. So we're kind of hitting the limit, you know, on scaling um, the pitch of transistors. And so 
there's a lot of work being done on putting memory close to the compute cores of CPUs and other, I mean, there's more custom architectures that are being developed for doing, you know, machine learning and, and identification and stuff. So I think optimizing a proof of work for the hardware that exists today is not going to be something that lasts more than a few years into the future. Hmm. And you're saying that's that's a a, a reason not not to use implement random X? Yeah, I think it's a reason to just go to a you know easily ASICable algorithm and say we're gonna stick with this forever unless it's you know proven to be cryptographically broken. Which if it's good enough for the NSA, I mean it's probably good enough for Monero, right? <laughs> Well, I'm sure the NSA started Monero, so <laughs> or at least while now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think I think this was a good chat. I appreciate uh, your perspective on things. Uh, it's always nice hearing different people's stories. Um, I will keep my eye on Wow Narrow. Yeah, where definitely. Do we, where do we Check out the Light Wallet by DSC. It's easily the most aesthetically awesome cryptocurrency wallet on the internet today, I think. That is very interesting. I will check that out. The <laughs> narrow could always use um, development in those areas, areas of uh, UX. So yeah. maybe that's something we could steal <laughs> from Wow Nara. <laughs> And uh, yeah, yeah thanks, maybe, thanks. he's the lead GUI developer for Monero. So maybe, maybe in the next version or two, you guys will get some. Okay, so awesome. coming our way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, it's great talking to you. Thanks for having me on. Um, I'll look forward to checking out some of your future shows. Thank you. Talk to yep. you soon. All right. Bye.